and welcome to the Sunday School lesson for today. We hope everything is going well for you. Let us go to the throne. Our Father and Savior, Jesus Christ, we thank you, Jesus, for your awesome power and your awesome strength. We thank you, Jesus, for you are alive and well. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Born of a woman on this earth, crucified, brutalized, spit upon for our sins, Jesus, bruised for our iniquity, Jesus. Yet you rose and you have all power in your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. And for all that hear me, wherever land, whatever language, be with us and guide us, Jesus. Strengthen us in the days to come. These are many blessings we ask in our Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Again, good morning from Antioch Missionary Baptist Church, 45 Church Street, Peterman, Tona Springs, Alabama. Our telephone number is 251-564-2171. We are the church where everybody is somebody and Christ is the head. Reverend Waylon Oliver is our pastor. And Sister Joyce Oliver, our first lady, and our clerk is Miss Lisa Starwitz. We have Sunday school every Sunday, and just like many churches during COVID, we have broadcast our Sunday school on our Antioch Missionary Baptist Church Facebook page, as well as we do it sometime on YouTube and Facebook as well. Our worship service is second, fourth, and fifth Sundays, and as many have done, we have our services outside. Parking lot service, and we thank you for being a part of our service. Um, let us um, look at something that has been very important. We often talk to you about our home uh, Bible daily readings and uh, what you should be doing in those five days Monday, March the 29th uh, through the uh, 4th of April, which is today, um, Sunday. Uh, these were powerful lessons. For you, for Monday, it came from Isaiah, the 52nd chapter, uh, the 13th verse, and the 53rd chapter, and verse 3. And then on Tuesday, March the 30th, Jesus, the suffering servant, that came from Acts, the 8th chapter, 26 to the 35th verse. Then on Wednesday, March the 31st, Jesus foretells his death and resurrection, Luke, the 18th chapter, verses 31 through 34. And one of the things that I found out in my study of the Word, um, as a 74-year-old person and layman, uh, I, I am 74 years old, and this is the uh, uh, most time that I've read this, but God, Jesus told them about foretold his death two or three times to them, but they did not believe him. Uh, I'm thinking maybe just one time, but he told it to him several times. Anyway, on Thursday, April the 1st, Jesus raises from the death that came from Luke, the 24th chapter, verses 1 through 12. On Friday, April the 2nd, the risen Christ appears to disciples, Luke, the 24th chapter, verses 13 to 27. Then on Saturday, April the 3rd, Christ revealed in breaking of bread, Luke, 24th chapter, 28 to 35th verse. Then today, Sunday, April the 4th, Christ suffered and interceded for sinners. Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, verses 4 through 11. We hope you are ready to proceed in the lesson. 
what we have been doing here for a number of years and over and over again is the um, resurrection and the suffering of Christ and we all know what it all means how he died for our sins and given us a right to the tree of life the lesson for April the 4th 2021 is uh, lesson number 5 devotion reading comes from Philippians the second chapter verses 1 through 11 the background scripture comes from Isaiah the 52nd chapter 13 the 53rd chapter verse 12 Luke the 24th chapter verses 1 through 35 the print passage comes from Isaiah the 53rd chapter verses 4 through 11 and our key verse key verse for today he was wounded for our transgression he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed Isaiah the 53rd chapter and the fifth verse for the King James Version the new NIV version of that same scripture he was pierced for our transgression he was crushed for our iniquities the punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed Isaiah the 53rd chapter the fifth verse in the NIV verse NIV version of the Bible alright our large subject is for today finding hope in the midst of oppression finding hope in the midst of oppression this lesson aim as a result of experience in this lesson the participant should be able to do these things number one identify the connection between the suffering servant in Isaiah 52nd chapter 13 verse 53rd chapter 12 verse and the resurrected Christ in Luke 24 affirm the joy of knowing that the suffering servant is the resurrected Jesus Christ. And finally, share the story of your suffering servant who is the resurrected Jesus Christ. Key terms for today. Afflicted, defiled, to be bowed down or afflicted. Servant, slave, a person who performs duties for others. Sheep, small cattle, sheep and goat flocks. Suffering, pain, sorrow. Powerful lesson for today. Why this lesson matters. When life is most difficult, we often wonder if there is still hope for the future. Where can we find the promise of joy that will overcome our deepest sorrow? Isaiah, the 52nd chapter, 13th verse, 53rd chapter, the 12th verse, reminds us of God's servant who suffered profoundly for others and Luke 24 records the encounter of the endless traveler that the resurrected Jesus with the resurrected Jesus traveling along the road they were talking to me hadn't you heard about what's going on as Jesus got closer and asked what's happening where you been and anyway um, they were talking to among themselves and Jesus uh, entered into the conversation as he traveled with them, asking them what they were talking about. And they asked them, they said, don't you know what's been happening in Jerusalem? All right, the lesson in focus. At the end of the second, at the end of his second bid for the presidency in July of 1988, the Reverend Jackson gave the closing address to the Democratic National Convention using the slogan, Keep Hope Alive. Despite the challenge of life in this country at that time, Jackson challenged the crowd, all who heard him, 
to do all they would could to keep hope alive. What is hope and why is it important in life? Hope is feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Biblically, hope has been defined as the confident expectation of what God has promised and his strength in his faithfulness. Hope is an optimistic frame of mind based on expectations or desire. Hope is the important virtue in life because it can motivate us to seek those things that can make life better. Most importantly, hope can help make different situations and challenges bearable. For believers, hope sustains our faith, our confident trust in our God to do what He has promised. Without hope, life would be purposeless. It is sustained and activated by the strength of believers' relationship with God, the level of their confidence and His faithfulness to fulfill His promise. When life delivers trying and oppressive circumstances, God's people have always been able to renew their hope by recalling God's great faithfulness in the past. Isaiah record Isaiah's records Isaiah's records how God balanced the announcement and judgments against Judah were a wonderful promise of future deliverance and restoration. The message was a source of renewed hope for a people facing the oppressions of Babylonian exile. The lesson in context. Many have deserved a parallel between the chapters of Isaiah and the book of the Bible in the books of the Bible. Isaiah's 66th chapter can be categorized into two distinct divisions that many compare to the 39 books of the Old Testament and the 27 books of the New Testament. The first 39 chapters of Isaiah are devoted to predictions of God's judgment on his rebellious people while he, while the final 27 chapters presents a message of future hope for his chosen people and all who came to him by faith. Isaiah identifies the one who will be responsible for the coming into the world and bringing this message of hope, the promised Messiah, the servant of the Lord. In four servant song, you see Isaiah 42nd, chapter verses 1 through 4, 49 verses 1 through 6, 50 verses 4 through 9, and 52, 13 through uh, 53 and, and 12. Isaiah described the, the nature, characteristics, and the ministry of God's servant. These songs encompasses God's message of hope, his people facing present and future oppressions. An open inquiry for you. Why was the servant suffering seen as punishment? The servant willingly became out of substitute suffering the penalty for sin he did not commit. In what ways can this truth motivate believers? Why was Jesus' crucifixion a sacrifice and not an example of martyrdom? Isaiah compares God's people to wandering sheep. What is He's saying, why was the servant humiliated in death a victory rather than a defeat? Let's take a look insight. The current political, social, economic, and religious atmosphere of modern culture can lead one to feeling of hopelessness. 
people are more interested in talking and debating about the issues of the day than they are actually doing something to improve the lives of everyday people. Oh, look at this. 2021. What did that say to you? Isn't that a pure, clear picture of what's happening with us today in this country and around the world? People love to talk, but what about the action to correct and change? How can the community of faith exist in keeping people hope alive among those who feel oppressed by circumstances? Like Isaiah, the other messianic prophets who declared messages of Jesus, the coming Messiah, God was entrusted with declaring the good news to the one who gives people hope of abundant, of abundant life today. See John 10.10. 10. Then an eternal life for the future. For the saved, this is the motivation to continue to persevere. For the unsaved, it is an invitation to experience a living and sustaining hope and to gain access to God through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. All right, let's look at exploration before we get into the uh, commentary of Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, verses 4 through 5. The focus of this lesson is finding hope in oppressive or trying circumstances. 2021, March, April the 4th, today, the first three quarters of the year of 2021, is there oppression? What are the trying circumstances? What is taking place in this country and around the world? Do I remind you, COVID-19, what in oppressive and trying circumstances it is? Emphasis on the ways in which the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the foundation of the Christian presence and eternal hope. Provide background for the reason, lesson text, and God's purpose through Isaiah. Exploring the suffering servant passage in Isaiah 53 and its meaning to the believer. End the lesson by discussing how the student can personally apply the central truth of this lesson. Consider the challenges and responsibilities that believers face. You have a responsibility as a Christian, as a worker, as a walker with Christ, finding hope in the midst of oppression and transferring that hope to others as well because they too are experiencing the offer of uh, 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 of things taking place on this earth. Share that with others. Let's look at the commentary, Isaiah 53rd chapter verses 4 through 5 and it begins, Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Oh, what about esteem? What's about that word esteem? We esteem him not. In other words, you made, uh, you know, you, you, you looked upon him with no uh, particular goodness or, or badness. Or you, 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 you didn't pay him attention. Didn't pay him any attention. You esteemed him not. Okay, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was burned, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. He did for us. He did good for us. But yet and still, we pay no attention to him. We, it's just like today, we pay no attention to him. Uh, some of us, some of us do, some of us don't. 
I want to read the NIV version of that as well. Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him. See what I said? You you paid him no attention. You considered him. You, you considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. You you just zeroed him out. And and that fifth verse, but he was pierced for our transgression. He was wounded and pierced for our transgression because of we transgressed, because we broke the law. He didn't break the law. We did. We broke the law. Adam and Eve broke the, the law in the Garden of Eden when Satan deceived Eve and, 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 and they partook of what God told them not to do. He was crushed for our iniquities and punished that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are here. In other words, by his wounds we were here. By his stripes we were here. Did you see did you see that? By the fact that he was crushed and bruised and put upon, that gave you a way out. That gave you an escape. He, he was he was your scapegoat. He let he he allowed you to get free. He allowed you to return to Jesus, to turn to God, his father, by him being uh, put upon. Isaiah prophecies of hope for Israel through the servant the Lord came at just the right time. Those experiencing persecution often look for a strong military champion to defend their cause. The servant of whom Isaiah prophesied would bring about deliverance and restoration through his suffering and sacrificial death. This unprecedented and inconspicuous servant of the Lord would deliver God's people from the penalty, policy of oppression of sin rather than liberating them from their political enemies. God, all God's ways are not our ways. Isaiah described the servant suffering through the eyes of Israelites who were presumably exiled in Babylon. Their testimony takes on this tone of astonishment as they realize or would realize that the servant bore their consequences of their sin. That's in verses 4. The reference to infirmities refers to spiritual illness and not physical ones. Although the servant ministry would include healing, physical sickness, and disease, his greater works was healing spiritual infirmities, spiritual things. Though his substitutionary death, the servant took on himself all the sins, the nation, and the corresponding grief that sin caused. Many mistakenly assumed that the suffering servant had received just punishment for the sins of blasphemy against God's that's in verse four. That's how that's how we as human beings say, or he did something wrong, or she did something. That's why they're getting this happened to him, because it, you know, that's not necessarily always true. Remember Job Job didn't do nothing wrong. God was in and was talking one day and Satan came up in his midst when God's and his his servants were talking and said, Have you considered my servant Job? Oh, ooh. you don't always have to be did something wrong to be punished, okay? Yeah, that is clearly understood. All right. His, his, his greater work was healing and spiritual infirmities, okay? Many mistakenly assumed that the suffering servant had received just punishment for the sin of blasphemy against God. The servant's substitution of the suffering involved being pierced, wounded, and crushed, bruised for the rebellion, transgression, and sins, iniquities of the people. 
The scourge and stripes afflicted by Romans was horrific beyond description. Yet the servant willingly endured the scourges to secure the inner peace of those who would come to him for salvation. The suffering and death of the servant was necessary because they satisfied God's wrath against sin. For those to whom Isaiah originally spoke, this was a forecast of what would become a reality in the nation's future. For those who have salvation in him, the result of his suffering is a current reality. Our spiritual wounds were healed by the physical agony Jesus endured at his crucifixion. Jesus, God, suffered in servant, paid the sin debt in full so that all who come to him may find peace with God and joy in his presence. What a powerful word. What a powerful word. How does knowing Jesus suffer for you affect your level of commitment to him? How does that affect you? Knowing that somebody paid the cost for you to be free or paid the cost for you to get away, paid the cost for you to get out of jail. Well, how does, does that affect your how you b- believe about Jesus? Some people don't care what folks do for them. They have no empathy whatsoever. You do for me, and you know, that's all they want. You do for them. They don't, that's all they want. They get away. That's a, they, they, don't, they ain't got no concern for you. Is that true for you when it comes to Jesus Christ? Is that true? Is that? Recall a time when you strayed like sheep from the path of obeying God without oversharing. Describe how you back, how you strive, how you got back on track. Can you explain that? When you were doing things and doing all kinds, all of us are at an older age now when we can remember how we messed up and did things. I can remember so many things that I did as a youngster that was detrimental, that could have been death for me. But yet and still, God seemed fit to let Freddie Howard still be here today, March, April of uh, 2021, through all these 74-odd years. Look at God. He doesn't punish you and give you what do you deserve. He has so much grace and love for you, and he gives you chance after chance after chance after chance. I always remind you, it's just like you're breathing. Breathe in life, breathe out death. God is just that close to you. All right, let's look at Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, verses 6 through 9. All we like sheep have gone astray. All of us. All of us. I say again, all of us, every human being that exists and that will exist, have sinned. Because we were born into iniquity. God say in his word, we have turned everyone to his own way. You went your own way. Did your own thing. I did it in my way. You didn't do it God's way. None of us have did it God's way. We may be doing it God's way now, or we may be striving to do it God's way, but we sometimes, at some point in our life, we just did whatever we wanted to. It didn't matter who we hurt or who got hurt. And the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. All that we did, all the wrongs that we did, God took it on himself. I just piled it on. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is, how, how often of us when we get into sickness, how we complain when, when, the, when the load comes down on us? How many are doing that? Hmm? He brought us as a lamb to the slaughter as a sheep before the shear to dumb, and he opened not his mouth. He didn't say a word. He took it. 
What about you when you do wrong and when the, when the price comes, can you take it? Huh? Can you take it? Jesus took it. Took it for our sin. Then in order we may have a right to the tree of life. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of many of my people was he stricken. He was stricken for us. You and I, Christians, believers, sinners, homosexuals, gays, murderers, uh, adulterers, all of, he, all of them, sin. He took it on. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Made his grave with the wicked. Oh, look at that. The wages of sin is death. He died. But guess what? On the third day he rose with all power in his hand. He took on death. Oh, death, oh, death, where is thy sting? Huh? Jesus Christ took it on and conquered it, and he made his grave with the wicked. Oh, and with the rich of his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Awesome, awesome. Look at that. Let's look at uh, uh, that uh, ninth verse in, through the end. He was assigned to a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death through he had done no violence nor was any deceit in his mouth. No schism, no division, total continuity with what God wanted him to do, wanted his son to do, die for our sin. The keys to restoring broken fellowships with God are confessing and genuine repentance. The sinner must first acknowledge guilt and that he sin is against God. See Psalms 51 verses 1 through 4. According to Isaiah 53 6, God laid the iniquity of the sins of the world on Jesus and allowed Jesus to suffer as if he had actually committed the sin. That's in verse 6. Like guilty, gullible sheep, God's people had willingly followed their leaders into adultery, idolatry, chosen to follow the way of their own sinful desires instead of following God. A holy God could not continue to allow human iniquity to abide in the presence of his holiness. God's own people deserved punishment, and God laid the punishment on the servant who died in their our place. How clear is that? The servant faced his substitutionary death willingly and submissively without protest or struggle. His meek spirit has been compared to the quiet disposition of a sheep facing the shearer of his slaughter. After being arrested, bound, and sentenced to death, Jesus faced the humiliation of a cruel public death for the sins of others. It's very clear, and it's in verse 8. There there are two possible interpretations of the phrase, who can declare, speak out, his generation to sinner. One is that Jesus was cut off in the prime of his life, leaving no descendants. Another is that few of those witnessing his death considered it important or bothered to see what was going on. Believers know that because of God's love for the world, he allowed Jesus to pay the redemptive price for sinners who actually deserve to die. You can see that in 1 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, and the 21st verse. As I said many times as we do Sunday school lessons, 
Read the scripture that we are referring you to. Don't just take Freddie Howard's word for it. Go to the scripture. This says clearly, he allowed Jesus to pay the redemptive price for sinners who actually deserve to die. You and I deserve death. The wedging of sins is death. But in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it clearly shows that Jesus Christ took on that and paid the price for our sin. And by going, dying, and coming back alive for us, showing us as an example that we are here in the world, even though we die and come back, but we die in Christ, guess what? We will be quickened just like Jesus Christ's body is quickened. And he will come back stronger and powerful, like just like Jesus. For the sake of others, the servant willingly faced extreme humiliation. By his sacrifice, Jesus secured the future hope of rebellious Israel or all who would receive him by faith. Faith. You can't please God without faith. Among the Jews, the death by crucifixion was seen as a curse because of their misunderstanding and of their contempt for Jesus. His enemies wanted Jesus to suffer even in death. The iniquity of being buried among thieves, but as the Father would have it, Jesus was honored buried with the rich verses 9 see John 19:38 through 40 although Jesus had committed no sin God allowed him to be suffer for our sin so that we could be made right with God through him you can see that in 2 Corinthians the 5th chapter in the 21st verse in obedience to the father will the servant endure the humiliation of the cross to pay the penalty for the guilt and shame that belong to all of us. You can see that in Philippians, the fifth chapter, verses 5 through 8. Here's an adult question for you. How do you feel when you reflect on Jesus' intense suffering, humiliation, and death for you? What does that do? How does that make you feel? Does it make you cry? Does it make you feel sorry for him? What, is it? what do you feel when you think about the intense suffering of Jesus Christ? Can you internalize it and can you feel it in your soul what that feels like? What does it feel like when somebody pays the cost for you? You have did something absolutely wrong. Somebody come along and make it right for you and you get away scot-free. God did that for us. How does that make you feel? Another question. When, if ever, it is appropriate for a Christian to silently endure or undo uh, undeserved suffering without self-defense or retaliation. Explain. When is it the right time for you to suffer and keep your mouth shut? When is the right time for you to endure something that you're going through that is detrimental and bad for you and you keep your mouth shut? I can explain to you from my personal experience in taking care of my elder family members. They said things to me, they did things to me, they acted in ways to me. It was very tough, but I kept my mouth shut and suffered it because I loved them. They were my family. Can you do that? Can you do that? Just magnify that what Jesus Christ did for our sin. When you have loved ones in your family that you're taking for and they spit on you, they cuss you and they call your names and you're taking care of them, you're changing their linen, you're bathing them, you're doing all that you can for them. Do you fight back? Do you slap them around do, to like some people do in some nursing home and they hit, hit old elder folks back? Or do you just take it? Well, I can tell you what, 
Freddie Howard experience with my tube that I experienced that with, I took it. I took it. It hurt. But I did it because you don't talk back to your elders. You don't talk back to you. They were all seniors to me. That was a guiding thing. You don't talk back to your elders. That was my guiding core. You don't you don't say nothing back when they do things to you. You take it. God will give you the price. God will pay you for that. Okay, let's go to the last outline. Isaiah the fifty third chapter verses ten through eleven. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He had put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering of a sin, he shall see his seed and shall prolong his days, and pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Powerful words there. In the tenth verse, he shall see of the travails of his soul and shall be satisfied by his knowledge and shall my righteousness serve and justify many, for he shall bear their iniquity. Look at that. Oh, do you get that last verse there? And he suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many. He will bear their iniquity. Oh, he's going to justify and save so many by what he did. Him, his one, him being one person justified millions and billions of people. All that believe and come to him in faith. He will give you the peace. Yet is yet it was the Lord's will, God's will, to crush him and to cause him to suffer. It was God's will that his son be crushed and suffer for us. Through the Lord makes his life an offering for sin. God makes his son's life an offering for our sins. He will see his offspring and prolong his days, and will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. Look at that. Oh, for the future. Why many of you do things now and for the future, for the kids and your grands and coming on, and when you are buried and buried in the ground, it'll be for them. How many of you do do that? That's how God's son God saw his son suffering for us, for the future of us as a human beings. Clearly restored and back to Jesus and back to God. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Look at that. Even now, he has the Holy Spirit here with us to keep us until Jesus returns. He's coming back now. Be ready. Get ready. With God, things that may that may otherwise appear to be a defeat can become an undisputed, a certain victory. Look at that. It was God's will that the servant would suffer and die as the guilt offering for the sins of the world. Those who reject in the servant's death, imagine the death marked his end. Those who rejoice, not reject now, those who rejoice in the servant's death, imagine that death mark, his end. Yet through death, God made him prosper. The feet of his death was swallowed up by the victory of his glorious resurrection. Look at that. Oh, death, oh, death, where is thy sting? Huh? Because Jesus obeyed God and overcame death, 
All of God's children may find eternal life through him. Just like I said before, your body will be quickened and raised from the dead as well. In that great day when he awakened, because Jesus obeyed God and became deaf, all of God's children may find eternal life through him. All of the ones his children, those that believe in him. See Philippians 2, 9, 11. The service once for all sacrifice provide a complete satisfaction in the settling the sin debt. Jesus understood exactly what had to be done to secure the justification of sinners and declare them righteous. The servant triumph over sin and death is the source of hope for all those oppressed sinners and believers experiencing troubling situations. Back to our big subject, finding hope in the midst of oppression. Look at that. Isn't it clear? The servant calls each of us to take up our cross and follow his selfless sacrifice and ministry of bringing hope to a world victimized by sin. Have you experienced God's turning certain defeats into personal victory for you? Share briefly as the time permits. You know what God has done in your life. Internalize it for a moment. What has he, when has he turned some tables for you and made you the victory when there was, was defeat? I can personally think of many in my life. Can you recall the stories of individuals or groups who are presently suffering even at the risk of death because of their profession of Christ's faith? Look at that. How about it? Some people are suffering now at to the point of death. Some are close to death. Doing for others. How about that? All right. Let's look at some things here now. Who do you know that's struggling with the challenge of life? Share with them the good news that there is a constant living hope in Jesus. He died to provide access to the power, protection, and presence of God for all who trust him. And the key word there for those who you are looking for hope, trust Jesus. You can't trust your money. You can't trust your car. You can't trust the bank. You can't trust your friends. You can't trust your mom. You can't trust your sister, your friend. Trust God. That's the key right there. Don't put your trust in nothing else. Put your trust in God. All right? Our world is troubled with repression in many forms resulting from sin, persecution, poverty, discrimination, physical abuse, mental and emotional anguish. Yet even in these very worst of times, God people have the assurance of present hope and help through Jesus Christ, the Messiah who willingly became God's servant servant and gave his life for the sins of the world. Look at that. How clear is that? There is a way. And that way is Jesus Christ, God's Son, who died for your sin. He is the example. He is the hope. He is what keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. The message of, of, of um, is real and encouraging. Christ is risen. He suffered and triumphed over sin and death. The Bible contains affirmation of the joy of knowing that he suffered Servant is the resurrected Jesus Christ, proclaimed and lived the good news of the resurrection of the Lord. Oh, what an example. What an example. Real and encouraging. Christ is risen. He's alive and well. Jesus is alive and well. How about that? Is he alive in you? Is he alive in you? 2,000 years after Jesus' suffering and death, the world still does not get it. Jesus entered endured excruciating pain and death for the sins of the whole world. 
God's love, mercy, and power were beautifully and gloriously displayed, displayed at the cross. We must draw more souls to the cross by telling the world of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Do it over and over and over again. Tell of his suffering. Tell of your suffering. Tell what you went through. Be an example to how you overcame the scourge of death. But yet and still, you will rise in triumph to eternal life. Okay, next week's lesson for Sunday, April 11, 2021, is confession and correction. Confession and correction. <laughs> Look at that. The devotional reading will come from Ezekiel, the 18th chapter, 25th 32nd verse. Uh, the background scripture will come from Ezra, the 9th chapter, the 10th. Uh, scripture, the 9th and the 10th. Ezra, the 9th and the 10th. And plenty of text will come from Ezra, the 10th chapter, verses 1 through 12. All right, let us close with prayer. Thank you all for listening and hope that on this uh, Sunday, you will renew your challenge to walk in a Christ-like manner. Tell others of your experience with Christ and what He's done for you in your life and the life of you and those around you. You have experienced His love and grace and mercy in restoring you from your mistakes. He did it. He did it for all of us just by the dying, by Him dying. Dear Lord, Your Son suffered, bled, and died and was resurrected to give us hope in the midst of oppression. Help us to become willing, suffering servants for the benefit of someone who may need help in these trying times. In Jesus' name we pray. Be an example of a suffering servant. You will give light to another brother or sister that see your light and find their path. Again, thank you. Make sure you study the home daily Bible readings from Monday, April the 5th, through Monday, April the 11th. Monday, uh, a light to Jesus and the Gentiles that will come out of Acts, the 26th chapter. Tuesday, April the 6th, live the new life in Christ, Ephesians, the 4th chapter. Wednesday, April the 7th, keep land faith to God's practice. Keep land faithful to God's practice, Leviticus, 18th chapter. Thursday, April the 8th, Ignoring God's laws leads to judgment. How about that? Ignoring God's laws leads to judgment. Remember Adam and Eve. April the 9th, people anxious to hear the law. Nehemiah, uh, the 7th chapter. Saturday, April the 10th, people respond actively to the law. Nehemiah, the 8th chapter. And then on Sunday, April the 11th, committed to a life of obedience. All right, on behalf of all of us here at House of Blood and Gospel Blockhawk Radio. We're located here at 231 6th Avenue here in Beatrice, Alabama, where we put the lesson together. And remember, uh, this is the first Sunday. Find yourself in service somewhere. Make sure you start your day with an early morning devotion every day with something in connecting with Christ. Every day, every single day, connect yourself to Jesus Christ before you start your day. Connect, and He will stay with you throughout the day. As you keep connected, he will stay with you throughout your life. On behalf of all of us here at Antioch Baptist Church, Reverend Oliver, our pastor, Sister Joyce Oliver, us later, all of the folks, the deacons, everybody at Antioch, we thank you. God bless you. Bye now. Take care.